Now, before we start, let's just record some background wild track. There, we can use that to uh, hide the edits. We oh, forgot to do that last time, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll sound beautiful. Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. Hello, welcome. I'm Steve Martin here in London with the man behind the sound of Britain's most listened to radio station, BBC Radio 2, and also Britain's biggest digital-only station, BBC Six Music. Correct. Hello. So your promos are heard more times by more people than just about anybody else's. Oh, Steve, you feel, I, I, I'm feeling a bit bigged up here. No, just to make you feel worried. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get to where you are? Uh, to Radio 2, um, I came up through BBC Local Radio, so I started at Radio Cleveland, making the tea when I was about 14, working on Saturday Sport, uh, even though I knew nothing about sport but loved radio. Um, kind of worked up through uh, a bit of news, worked into Buy Media, then I went to Station Sound in local radio, working at Radio Cleveland and Northampton, and then I got uh, the launch Station Sound Producer's job at Six Music back in 2002, um, and then did that for a while, and then we've had various departmental reshuffles, and recently what we've done is we've joined Radio 2 and Six Music Station Sound departments together, um, and so I'm the senior producer for that department, and uh, working with K who's station sound producer for Six Music, and Ali, who's station sound producer for Radio 2. Excellent. Well, we'll hear some of that work from both stations in this podcast. And also this time we're in Oxford to find out about the incredible promotions-led launch of a new radio station. And then another new radio station. We were joking by that point in time of having had no sleep for several days that why, as a small radio station, decide to relaunch one station, do two (laughs) in two days? It just was brilliant to sit there and listen to it after two and a half days of glee, to sit there and think, this is fun, we can actually answer the phone now. Hello, Jack FM and Glide FM, and not be like, "Uh, uh, what are we now? (laughs) The glee and glide story from the women who made it happen, all later, right here. Creative Review. So it's the Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's for the first time. You see, Chris, a bit of sponsorship means we can get out of London. And get, I've got some lovely sparkling water as well. It's fabulous. Unfortunately, we still can't stretch to a proper presenter, so uh, you're stuck with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm fine. Well, before we hear your first piece of audio that you brought along, tell us a little bit about working at BBC Radio 2. Uh, how many campaigns, how many promos are you making a week? Um, well, across the whole network, we have between about seven to nine messages a week. Um, each month, we probably run about two or three campaigns, uh, and that's uh, split up between um, Ali and me, and what we do, and also Kate does some work as well on Radio 2. Um, and we, we obviously have one major message each week, but because Radio 2's listening hours is quite high, obviously the rotation of that isn't as high as it is on some stations. So, for example, on Radio 2, we wouldn't repeat a trail within the same programme, which some stations may record in horror, but on Six Music we would, but on Radio 2 we wouldn't, um, because obviously there's the point where, certainly Radio 2's audience, where I don't think they need bashing over the head quite so much as maybe, uh, as maybe some mm. other stations maybe need to get that cut through. With 2, because we're often using big personalities and maybe there's jokes and that kind of stuff, uh, it's actually important that we get the rotation right uh, and not overplay stuff, but at the same time, you know, it's a fine balance between overplaying and underplaying stuff. And how many spots are you running an hour? So there's two an hour. 
um, on Radio 2 and I think over the week that equals just over 300 uh, across a week including night times and that kind of thing. So with seven messages a week it sounds to me as if you're going to have to be making more than one execution from each campaign. Well like I say seven to nine so it just depends and also obviously we've got stuff that may only run for say about four or five days and then we've got to swap over so you know it's it's the thing about Radio 2 because the schedule's quite complex in that there's lots of documentaries and lots of quite distinctive content that we really need to promote on Radio 2 and, and, and really tell the audience about uh, it means that actually we've got an awful lot of stuff to get out there and managing that and making sure that we get that message, uh, those messages across is you know, it's probably actually quite a big part of the media planning on the network. So your priority in terms of strategy behind promos is what? Moving people around the schedule helping them find new content? Well, I think any station sound department is about attribution it's about hours and it's about distinctiveness and there's a different focus obviously depending on what the station actually is and for radio 2 it's very much about distinctiveness it's about actually saying this is what radio 2 is about it's not just about one or two key daytime programs there's actually a whole world of other stuff out there Uh, for example you know there's documentaries that we're doing uh, there's been a comedy season we've just done a movie season there's all this other stuff that a lot of people might not actually uh, have heard or be aware of that actually we've got to say Radio 2 is not just about maybe the programme you're listening to. There's this kind of whole wealth of other programming uh, around it as well. OK, well, let's hear some of that work. What's your first item? Well, the first item is a comedy uh, programme called Sexton Blake. In an era of fiendish peril, two names spell action in their breakneck hurdle to justice. Curse you, Mr Blake! Takes back, you top-hatted villain! Sexton Blake, adventuring detective, and his plucky assistant, Tinker. Crikey! A bomb! Everybody out! On Friday night, battle commences with diabolical masterminds once more in a brand new adventure. It's no use! The fuse, burning at the speed it is, doesn't give us enough time to do anything. Except possibly... Yes? Except possibly... Yes? No, it's too late now. Oh, Tune to this channel for the adventures of Sexton Blake. Friday night from 9.15, BBC Radio 2. So I think what we're trying to do with that trail was actually create a kind of 1940s movie-esque feel. I mean, the programme was just a gift. Uh, the producer behind that is a guy called Dirk Maggs, who used to work at Radio 2 many years ago. And Dirk produced that great voice uh, which actually wasn't our station voice but I think kind of demonstrates that sometimes it's right maybe to break some of the rules if it's something that you feel actually uh, would really benefit and, and sounds really good and I hope it did. It's one of those trails that I think you sit down, you write and you put it into Pro Tools and you just think it just produces itself because you just automatically know what to do with it. And the Dirt Mags production is so rich and you just want to get your hands on it and get some of those yeah. gorgeous nuggets into your piece of work. Absolutely. I and mean, the thing that Dirk understands brilliantly is what was in that programme, and of course it's so important to trails, is the pace of, a, uh, of anything really, programme, or particularly in this case a trail, where the music rises and falls at all the key points. And often, um, particularly if I'm listening to something, I'm thinking, well, it's not sounding right nine times out of ten it's usually the pace or it's the music uh, that's that's the real issue and are you musical yourself no not at all no not at all i absolutely love music love sitting editing mucking about with music but no i haven't i have a keyboard in the office but i've never touched it for years <laughs> all right let's move on what's the next one uh so the next one is uh this is a trail that we did at the beginning of a campaign um for the world cup season that we did on radio two um and this is a trail really setting up the whole campaign 
Hurst losing out and again it's the Germans, Grabowski on the far right, twisting, getting the cross in and it comes, it's headed back in the goal, a chance here, and it's there! At 2.15 today, our time, he walked from the gates of Victor Vester prison, hand in hand with his wife Winnie. BBC Radio 2's World Cup season. Steve Van Zandt, Christian O'Connell, Ian McMillan and John Inverdale present their own takes on the tournament. While on Monday, Hugh Masekela explores the role music played during his country struggles. Everybody was going, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, and I looked at them and I thought they were mad. I wanted to be white. Freedom Sounds, part of Radio 2's World Cup season. Monday night from 10 on 88 to 91 FM, BBC Radio 2. So I think the thing, particularly with that trail, is it kind of reflects another side of Radio 2. And one of the things that we did that Ali who produced that trail did so brilliantly was take the BBC World Cup music blend that in with an awful lot of quite diverse content including uh, another music that he went into there was the kind of rise and fall of the trail and then there's that killer clip at the end um, which just superbly demonstrates uh, that this is, this is something actually that you really want to listen to and really want to hear Given that you have so much variety on the station, at what point do you bring in consistency? Where is the thread of consistency that runs through all this? Because everything we've heard so far is a different voiceover, a different format of programming. You've got to, at some point, have a common theme, a common element that bonds it all together. I think largely, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, the Sexton Blake Trail was a bit of a one-off in that we used the voiceover we wouldn't use it was just for that programme we wouldn't use normally um, but you know we have things like Carmen who's our network voice who actually works across ma- across the genres I mean we could use her on religious programming trails or we could use her on stuff for Chris Evans you know, this is Carmen voice. Squire that's right sorry yes it's Carmen and she's our network voice and it's that there's also a certain consistency of some of the phrasing such as online on digital land on 88-91 FM there's the Radio 2 logo melody and also when we use presenters um, who are closely so associated with the network that are often on a lot of these programs and documentaries it all kind of in a funny kind of way radio 2 just kind of all hangs together it's it's not a conventional everything's the same and everything is must sound the same but we try and bring some of that thread to it uh, while still celebrating the diversity it's, it is it is a balancing job but one hopefully that i think we we kind of we get we do you said you use the presenters in the promos themselves you know, who do you really enjoy working with in the studio well, um, what's Chris like, for example? Chris is brilliant at. I mean, you give Chris something to read, and he will just read it. And if there's something else he like, what he'll do is he'll go through and he'll add in his own bits. And actually, that's what certainly for Radio Two and for Six as well. What you want them to do, you want them to actually go through the script you've written which you try and tailor so if you write say a script for Terry Wogan you try and tailor it for Terry in a different way that you would for Chris or even for Sean Keaveney on Six Music and then they might just add in a few of their gags and and that's that's actually the brilliant part of it I mean for example when I first joined Radio 2 writing stuff for Terry was such a thrill I remember I had to go up and record a rap with him uh, for a Christmas trail <laughs> a few years ago and he was just brilliant I mean we just I just took the rap in explained it to him played him the music and he just sat there he went through it uh, once uh, then did it the second take and that was it and then added a few of his own little jokes and it was just brilliant I mean I guess the thing is is that the chance to work with people who are so creative and absolutely at the top of their game is really an honour for me to do that because actually you see your scripts and your ideas kind of suddenly brought to life uh, working with these people 
It's the Earshot Creative Review. It's sponsored by Hobson's. If you've just joined us, scroll back to the beginning for a proper welcome. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. I'm Steve Martin, and with me this time is BBC Radio 2's Chris Ray. We're talking about the glorious life at Radio 2. (laughs) And still to come, the launch of Glee and Glide from the inside, including how Clive Dickens builds rapport with his staff. Do you want to hear that? Oh, yeah, there were some beautiful moments with with Clive when we were in the, the, the pre-planning and he was talking about how by the time he hit 30 oh, what did he God. say I've got to say it you have um 120 chances left to have a baby essentially um and Sue and I just both sitting there going he's I mean bless him he was completely in his analytical you know bubble but we were going oh slightly inappropriate more from Sophie and Sue at Glide FM in a few minutes. But Chris, let's hear one more of your promos. Okay, uh, this was a Six Music trail produced by Kate Dinsdale uh, for John Holmes, who does Saturdays. Six Music. John Holmes. I'm John Holmes. He's a man. I'm a man. He's on Six Music Saturdays from two. What she said. With his unique wit, charm, and bizarre look at the world. And swearing. There isn't any swearing. I made that bit up. He made that bit up. So join me. Join him. Saturdays from Two. Saturdays from two. I'm confused now. You were leading this voiceover, but now we've swapped over. Shut up. I'll shut up. John Holmes, Saturdays from two on BBC Six Music. On B- Stop. Sorry. Saturday from two on BBC Six Music. A really different sound from that on BBC Radio Two. So what's the thinking about bringing the creative teams together? Because... The skills are quite different and actually it's really good to take some of the ideas that maybe Kate has been working on with Six and actually bring some of them to Radio 2 and vice versa as well because some of the stuff that we do on Six, for example there's a Sunday programme called First Time With, that uh, is about interviews with musicians and actually having Ali's, uh, who's a station sound producer on 2, his take on doing a trail for that actually is really interesting. Um, and the same for Kate when she's doing stuff for Radio 2 for documentaries. It, it's really just about mixing it up. But also, I think it's really important that when you're working on a station for a long period just by yourself or you're, you know that's your main focus occasionally having a little bit of a creative challenge elsewhere I think just maybe keep some of the ideas fresher I know it does for me when I get the chance to do six music trails it's kind of like a, it's a bit of a change and it's something that I quite enjoy doing um, but I mean, with John Holmes trail particularly uh, the, the particular creative challenge there for Kate was, of course, was to come up with a trail where there isn't really a lot of features to talk about. It's just about John Holmes's personality. And I think she got some great interplay between Gina, who's the network voice for Six, and the presenter, uh, and just kind of really just built that from the ground up. And tell me about the development of that. Who wrote it? Uh, that was Kate, absolutely. That was Kate who wrote it. I remember she came to me just thinking, uh, she was saying... Um, I'm not sure what's right for the John Holmes trails. Well, I think it's really about John and his personality. And she went away and came up with that after listening to the show, which, once again, goes back to what I was saying about writing to the presenter. A little while ago when I was uh, doing a, a John trail, and I wrote the script, and uh, thinking, how would John Holmes read this? Kind of playing it through in my mind, send it through to him. And when he sends it back and says, yeah, that sounds great, you kind of think, oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I'm really pleased he likes it. It's a real seal of approval. Yes, absolutely, yeah, from somebody who's a professional comedian and is a professional writer doing this kind of stuff. I'm Steve Martin, you're with the Earshot Creative Review. Hi to you, especially if it's your first time listening. Uh, some uh, high-profile listeners have recently joined the Earshot audience. Ooh. Here's some big names. Uh, you'll know these people. Veteran newsman Richard Sandbrook. Ooh. Oh, yes, Ooh. 
and the BBC's Roger Mosey. Ooh, I'm feeling under pressure now, I'll be honest, Steve. Uh, they both joined us, I'm told. It's OK, Roger, we'll keep your anorak status a safely guarded secret. Hello this time also to Tom Morris in Lincoln. Hi, Tom. Alan Swan in Ireland. Hi to you. And in Canada, Guylaine Leroux. Now, I don't know if I've said that right. Does that sound good? Sounds good, sounds yeah. good. Shall we just check? Oh, yes, yeah. Let's just check with the genuine French speaker. Guylaine Leroux. Once more. Guylaine Leroux. Oh, that's pretty good. I think we're pretty on the button there, aren't we? Hi, Guylaine. Great to hear from you. The Earshot Creative Review. Sponsored by Hobsons. Say hello, Hobsons, at hellohobsons.com. <laughs> Okay, more from Chris in just a moment. But first, the launch of a new radio station that became the editor's pick on Sky News and a headline story for Perez Hilton. Now, you won't have missed this launch. It was the launch of Glee FM and then the real station Glide FM in Oxford. But the question for me was how did a tiny staff there pull off a stunt like that while keeping their other radio station, Jack, running throughout? Well, here we are. Let's hear the story now from programme director Sue Carter. And first... Deputy Head of Programming and News, Sophie Bruce. By the time it became a Glee launch and a Glide launch, I have to say it was after an, a long day of brainstorming and we've been talking about what we wanted to do and ideas of names and and then the idea of Glee, I think, came from you, Sue, did it? Guilty. Yes, and Guilty. it just... I don't know whether by that point we'd completely lost the will to live or were insane, but it sounded like an amazing idea and we just ran with it, really. Yeah, we were we were having a discussion about okay, here's the radio station we're going to go to, but how how are we going to make some noise before we get there? You know, the whole basis. Well, there's two things really: create a clear distinction between the previous station and the new one, and the other one is right, just create a little bit of talk that you wouldn't usually get, where you just go, "Here's a drum roll, here's a musical montage, yay!" Here's a you know, we, we've we've all probably spent hours and hours in the past creating amazing launch sequences but the reality is when you're a brand new radio station unless you've spent a million telling people to listen at 9am on Monday morning whatever it is you've probably only got about five people that are listening so we just wanted to create a bit of a splash we brainstormed around I don't I, I can't even remember how we got there um, we were talking about sort of film how we wanted Glide to be and the fact that the, the different thing about it would be these sort of epic film and TV songs from soundtracks and things like that that would make you take you back to a particular film or the series ending of Grey's Anatomy or you know as a girl boys are like I don't even know what the hell you, there was a song playing at the end of that I was looking at her boobs you know but it, it, girls love it and you know I'd still love the hearing the end of Sex and the City of which I wasn't even a massive fan of but the the version of the source and Candy Statton you got the love that they did at the end of that as the four of them walked off is just one of my favourite tracks and it, it completely elevated it to something else so we were talking about that and about Glee and how we thought that no one really has has cracked onto the fact that the Glee songs, everybody's loving the Glee song, or everyone of our target audience, not everyone in the world. Yet, you know, yet look at how phenomenally successful the, the, the TV show is. And we kind of went, hang on, this is exactly the kind of person that we want to target. And what can we do to utilise, you know, the success of Glee in order to help with our self-promotion? Were there any men in this brainstorm? <laughs> yeah, Clive well, Dickens! <laughs> <laughs> well, when we say men, yeah. you know, they, 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 they were men who work in radio, and to be fair, there aren't too many blokey blokes in this building. No. Well, maybe my I should say my fiancé, otherwise he'd kill me. But um, no, I mean, Clive, just his eyes just lit up when we started talking about it, and I think he was already imagining 
how it could sound with the clips of the show all the songs and yeah you know certainly for for some of the people for my fiance who's 28 years old and blokey he hated every minute of those 48 hours the two words two words for several men in the building were personal hell (laughs) but we thought it'll only be a couple of days so you'll get past that yeah so you launched the new station as glee fm Mm. and how did you start the ball rolling in terms of getting publicity for that well we'd done a press release so we did we launched that Monday morning thinking that we'd see how far we could get in case you know we got a cease and desist from the lovely people at Fox and Glee um seeing how far we could get and we'd already done a press release for Glide as well and that was kind of the weirdest day I think Monday because especially with Jack we've had such a reputation for complete straight talking and no sort of lies and everything being obvious and yet there was people phoning up and we had to say yep this is it this is the new station and there was people on on twitter and on facebook going but but you can't there's only like 10 songs and we were like actually there's 124 and that's more than the playlist of an average radio station and blah 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 and the more the lie sort of carried on the the more believable it got i think yeah i I just need to take a moment to have a personal apology (laughs) to the to the sky news reporter the Times mm. reporter um, to John at the Guardian. Guardian yeah. Um, um, yeah, the lies. I I I got off the phone and I literally would put the phone down and go, "I'm going to burn in hell." <laughs> um, but the beautiful thing is, when when the it got picked up in a it got picked up on Sky and and became the editor's pick for the day. So it went on the front page. It then went to um, an Australian news site. The next thing after that, it went to the New York Post. And God bless the New York Post who did that evaluation where they worked out that Glee probably had far more songs than. Um, Z100 did in in America, and I thought, "Woohoo! There's a piece of content. I'll keep using that in interviews." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 God bless, I did. And I think the other thing is the world is such a negative um, kind of you know the doom and gloom at the moment. So most of the reporters I talked to, most of the people we talked to, actually did believe that somebody wanted to bring a little bit of sunshine and fun, and why not into our lives? And, um, and you not know, only that, it was the people who. Who had said, you know, on the digital spy message boards, everyone goes on them, even though we shouldn't, um, you know, saying, oh, well, I think this is a cunning, you know, organisation. They've obviously got some sponsorship money out of Fox, because if you look at it, the new season of Glee is launching. And we were like, really? You think we've gone from Oxford to Hollywood and gone, hello, we'll play your songs for 24 hours if you can pay us some money. It's never going to happen. You know, we went to the bother of getting the RDS changed and there were quite a lot of anoraks that Mm. were like, oh my God, they've changed the RDS. That must mean that it's really true. But behind the scenes, there was quite a lot of email account set up and a little bit of prodding of new services from massive Glee fans who were really happy that this kind of thing happened. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we only had what we thought was a 48-hour window, so we wanted to make as big a splash as possible. And after the stunt, at what point did you decide to blow the gaff? Well, it actually extended. It was supposed to be 9 o'clock Wednesday morning, and I'd been off breakfast for two days, so all of the sort of doom mongers on, on Digital Spy were saying, that's it, she's been fired, they've put her in a cupboard somewhere. And in fact, I was just enjoying a lion. Um, and we planned to go at 9 o'clock, and then, of course, Clive arrived and said, I think, you know, overnight, this is when Perez Hilton had picked it up, and he said, I think this can go bigger, let's let's keep it on. And we were sort of at that point saying, okay, we had did kind of agree the two days with Ofcom, and there are things like traffic and travel sponsors, and eventually, oh, you know, we were sort of worried he might say, let's give it two weeks. Um, <laughs> but eventually we settled on, I think, four, and then that rolled back to 5pm, and that gave us the chance to really... Um, package up the opening intro i don't know whether you heard the the opening piece but trevor came on and said you know oh there's been some kind of problem we've got to take glee fm off the air 
are we on? Are we on now? Are we on? Are we on? I'm sorry, Glee fans. We'll have to stop it here. This is Glee FM, but unfortunately, due to legal reasons, we have to stop Glee FM now. Twitter and Facebook went crazy. But in the meantime, we'll think of something else. Stick with us. Very soon, you'll feel something else. Just bear with us a second. Press the button, please. Press that. Press that button. Basically, we had half an hour of the just the little strings from Elbow. We just had that music for half an hour, and then the launch package went, which Joe Thomas had done brilliantly well and mixed in Elbow one day like this with bits of me talking about the listener for the new station. You'll feel, You'll feel every song. Every song. What a glide listener thinks of love. If you'd asked me how I wanted to sort of fall in love, I would have gone for the big explosions and fireworks thing. But actually, I am way more happy with someone that I got to know as a friend first and then suddenly thought, oh my God, I'm actually in love with you. Where did this creep up from? Um, being in love is the best thing ever, I think. More in touch with how you feel than your other half will ever be. Glide. And it just was brilliant to sit there and listen to it after two and a half days of glee, to sit there and think, this is fun. We can actually answer the phone now. Hello, Jack FM and Glide FM, and not be like, uh, uh, what are we now? What are we doing? Glide FM. 107.9. Glide. Glide. New for Oxfordshire. Glide FM. 107.9. The production, I think, you know, it's it's less in your face than what we've done previously for Jack, um, but it serves two things. One is it just helps create that it is a mood-based radio station, so most of the production is delivered in a quite a soft fashion. Again, similarly to Jack, it's very clean. Um, it would be very easy just to have gone and bought a jingle package that just said the same thing three different ways with, you know, five different kind of beds under it that no normal listener could tell the difference, but production people could. Um, so we're trying to give the, the radio station a bit of personality. And, you know, when I say in the way that Jack does, not obviously the same personality, just in the way that, um, you know, Jack has in that, you know, it just might have some kind of quirky little lines that occasionally throw you or make you go, yeah, that is me or that isn't me. One of the things for production anoraks to look out for is the music demos they're not the big hook of the song they are the emotional lyric of the song and i've spent ages pulling things out and we will continue to do more of those and you know poor old pj who was doing stuff well then joe was away as we were then trying to launch this and it all got a bit hairy um he did these amazing demos and i went back to him and said great but they're all about shoes and something else and i said we want them to be about the feeling so you were taking those little lines from from madonna and from elba and pulling these sort of heartbreaking crushing lines and that's what the music demos are because we want to have that feeling so it is different Clyde fm you'll feel every song We're so kind of keen for it for us not to follow down a the path that FM 1079 was, which was very much a Facebook status updatey type thing for the personality, and b not to be trying to copy Jack because 
that's a character and a personality and that is the station and you know Dara does that so well and it, it, it just we didn't want to go that way so one of the things we were toying with was having the the voiceovers in between do song lyrics and we wrote a load of stuff and we did it up and it sounded horrific yeah. but <laughs> fails it's, it's, yeah epic fail but it spun from that we were like well hang on a minute I still like we still like the idea of these song lyrics going in and people either knowing immediately because it's their favorite song and they love that line or it making them think about a song in a different way again. And I I think, you know, one of the things about the radio station has the strap line, again, born out of that marathon nine-hour brainstorming day where we were were just like... We we were literally... uh, To to, to give you an image of Clive Dickens in action, there was was YouTube on the, I think, on the iPlayer, and then there was on a a laptop, there was Spotify, and we were literally... We were creating the playlist and going, bang, what about this, what about that, what about this? Let's check every hit to see, you know, when was that like... Yes, that fits into the thing. And we literally were, were... were created the radio station with with sound went yes that will fit no bang that one's off the list on the whiteboard off the list and as we were as we were doing that we kind of it just kind of um, kind of probably because Sophie and I are the girls kind of born out of um, saying like oh god you know, the line in that song the line in that song and that is one of the big things that um, I don't know if you as a bloke feel this <laughs> but there are a lot of songs I can listen to like if I listen to Macy Gray mm. um, I try or if I listen to Savage Garden I knew I loved you mm. or whatever there are just some songs that take me to an exact moment mm. an exact place and it you know it's almost like you're singing the song to yeah. someone and that's what we found as we started to build the playlist and we got more and more excited and when we started looking at say creating the music demos we we went well god if we feel like this there must be a, a, another bunch of you know equally kind of sad girls out there who'll go oh that's my bit yes that reminds me of the day that i broke up with that bastard who yeah. slept with my best friend slide fm you'll feel every song you got me smiling I've worked at a lot of different places and this is definitely the most passionate and creative place I've worked. The fact that it's a small team and we all absolutely love it. You know, I mean, launch day, we were exhausted, but we were on a high. Um, I think you have to absolutely adore it. And you just get the opportunity here to do things. You know, I've, I've been to the Sony's twice three times which I've never been before you know when I worked at other stations you know the guys let me do the presentation to Ofcom I'm 30 this is the first time I've done any kind of program controlling or anything in my life and it's just the opportunities are great and that makes you want to work harder and I think we've made the time to do the creative stuff because that's the fun stuff really I mean we sort of struggle through the the other bits and bobs and go out and go to the pub and do the creative stuff there we've written lines in pubs before because it just we're all chilled out together and everybody likes to do it it's just about having a great bunch of people who absolutely adore radio and as I say would turn up you know in fact quite often do turn up without being paid (laughs) like and that's holiday (laughs) that's not even a joke um just because you go well I can't can't sit at home and let that not happen or anything because we only get you know it's radio you get one chance to do what you want to do mm. um and i know i'd much rather be here you know doing it than doing anything else i, I just i think a lot of it has to do with your attitude and your opportunity yeah yeah even though both of our mothers always get on the phone going oh are you still at work you're gonna get ill you're gonna get sick it's just it is brilliant i'm i am really lucky though that my fiance works here so he understands the 
the madness of the building and the fact that you will sometimes still be at work at nine o'clock at night and because there's just some amazing thing especially when it comes down around to awards time it's it's sort of horrible and brilliant all at the same time isn't it when when oh, you're God, putting yeah. them together and then when you finally get it done and then someone says i think this would sound better there and you half want to kiss them and half want to throw something at their head as you sort of rejig it for the 10th time but it it is worth it when you get the recognition and also the you know people industry people is it's so valuable to to me and to you to have people emailing us and coming up to us at things and saying oh my god i love jack i listen online and you know hopefully that will be the same with glide as well and it just it's really nice to have people industry fellow industry peers saying nice things as well i think as well as the listeners sophie mentioned her fiance six times in that interview oh she's clearly in love (laughs) indeed indeed so what's really impressive about the team up there in oxford is is how how they managed to make time for creative thinking when there is such a small team 15 people running two full-time radio stations there and it got me thinking about the challenges that perhaps we face in large organizations as well i don't just mean the bbc because of course a lot of commercial radio now is in large groups so what do you find chris when when you're leading creative teams what are the biggest challenges in getting space getting time to get people together and just to think creatively i think that's, that is exactly it it's the time it's actually setting it aside because it's so easy to get caught up in the run of day-to-day run-of-the-mill stuff um and just recently on a monday what we started doing is having a get together and really starting to talk through what we're actually trying to accomplish with each campaign and even just beyond trails you know is, is there editorial stuff which is actually something we've started building into uh, programs looking for ways of actually adding editorial into uh, as well as trails and verbals and all the usual kind of stuff but trying to make that time i think we've done that for the last kind of six weeks every monday we've sat down we've done it and it's been really useful um, and it's just a chance for everyone to know what each other's working on and then just have a little thought oh well you know what about this idea or what about that and then just those little things i think can then spark off but i think even in big organizations it always comes down to small groups of people coming up with ideas on a particular project so i think as soon as you kind of like have too many people in a room it just becomes unmanageable so actually keeping it quite small i think actually is an advantage yeah, I found that you may have a small team that's around you coming up with creative ideas, but the, the uh, real pressure on time comes from coordinating with other people, understanding what other people are doing, what the ti- what their time scales are, what their priorities are, and then trying to mesh together priorities and plan that so that you have something that faces the public mm. as a very simple, single-minded message. Absolutely, and often there's there's so much thought that's gone into that because it's quite complex. I mean, even when uh, we were doing... We're uh, doing a big trail around Christmas uh, last year, which includes huge amounts of stuff, all sorts of programmes we've got coming in that are being pre-recorded. One of them happened to be Barry Manilow, um, and I was chatting to the producer of the programme, and I said it'd be great if we could get Barry to record something specifically for the trail, and this is months out. And uh, and actually, as it, it turned out, uh, we actually managed to get Barry uh, pretending that he was singing a Christmas carol, and uh, got a bit of interplay with Paula Grady, and you know, it kind of really came off well. But you know, like I say, that takes a lot of planning. Well, Chris, every month in this podcast, we ask uh, our guests to bring something that they haven't worked on themselves, but they've they've heard on the radio and has inspired them or amazed them or just made them drive off the road. Uh, what's yours? Uh, well, mine's from Six Music, just being a, a corporate boy. Um, huh. I did I did want... I did think uh, there's some great stuff on Absolute, but I know you featured Absolute an awful lot on this podcast. Of yeah, every, everyone who comes on this programme is an Absolute fanboy. They're just, they're it, just too good. It's de rigueur. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're just too good for what they do so I picked something from Six Music this was on Sean Keaveney's breakfast show and it's from Jake Yap uh, who's uh, a kind of comedy writer for the show who does uh, production as well what happens when you download the Sean Keaveney podcast how easy is it and why would you do it Here's what happens. You switch on your personal computer and either go to the BBC's website or to a podcast provider, probably the one that rhymes with buy prunes. On the BBC's website, you'd search for Sean Keaveney and when the results come up, click on the podcast link. At this point, something really rather magical happens. One of the thousands of tiny little elves, almost invisible to the naked eye, scurries down the wires from the BBC to your computer, where he will now live in a file. This elf, like all the other elves, has been painstakingly trained to mimic Sean Keaveney's voice perfectly. Yeah, all right. Used to do that. Well, I ate cheese and vegetables. You will then recite the latest Sean Keaveney podcast whenever you click on his file, whether it's on your computer or if you transfer it onto an MP3 player. He will live there forever, never seeing his friends again, just so you can enjoy one little Sean Keaveney podcast. But don't worry, it's what he was bred for on the Elf Farm. Don't forget to download the podcast regularly as all the unused L's from each week expire when we have the leftover ones destroyed. Millions will die unless you adopt a Sean Keaveney podcast elf today. Wasn't that a lovely story? <laughs> I, I laughed so hard when I heard that. Thinking, of course, we couldn't do that properly in a trail across all the output. No, we couldn't say that either. But as a piece of content for the show, brilliant. I mean, the great thing I think about that is Jake's writing, which is just brilliant. And this goes back to, I think, what uh, Peter G was saying a few months ago on this podcast, was that actually you take great writing and you've got, you, you can have a great trial, even if you've only got mediocre production. If, you, however, you've got rubbish writing, great production, it's not kind of really making up for it. And, uh, you know, and Jake, Jake's writing's brilliant. Yeah, notwithstanding what you just said, Jake's music's great as well. And we know he composed that track himself. Jake's a really yeah, talented sorry, musician. Yeah, yeah. It's great, yeah, it's great music. Love the music. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, did, exactly. I did say that to him. <laughs> sorry, Jake. And here's something I've heard on the radio. Well, actually, Hugh Gary pointed this out. Thanks, Hugh. It's from David Hooper's Disgusting Electronica, which is a late-night specialist programme. Specialist programme. Do you like the way we label things at the BBC? Uh, it was on BBC Radio 1 the other night. And it's a great blend of music that you can listen to in the background if you like electronica and you like something a little bit melodic uh, coupled with some comedy and the comedy ranges from uh, stuff which is totally shallow uh, to something which is quite deep and a little bit menacing in places Uh, but I want you to hear this because it's great and I know this will be loved by anyone who's in Radio Premiers. Hi, I'm James from Radio 1. Are you fed up of hearing your music interrupted by annoying adverts like this one? Then you need Radio 1 Premium. For just $9.99 a month, you can listen to your favourite radio station completely ad-free. I've got a blackboard here, and I've just had my nails done. You wouldn't be hearing this if you subscribed to Radio 1 Premium. Hear this? That's the sound of your mum and dad going at its hammering tongs. $9.99 a month is all it takes to make it stop. Radio 1 Premium. Pay us, or we'll bring JK and Joel back. Boob jobs, you blah, 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 blah. 
Isn't that great? Oh, that is very funny. Although I know Joel from many, many years ago, so I couldn't possibly endorse that. <laughs> However, brilliant. Yeah, very, very funny. So uh, thanks to uh, David Hooper for letting us run that. Thanks to Hugh Gary for highlighting it. Uh, thanks to you, Chris, as well. Thank you. It's been great having you on the podcast. Do come back another time. I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, must say thank you to our new sponsor, Hobson's. What a difference it makes having a sponsor. Uh, thanks also to radiobeds.co.uk for use of their music. And thanks to Somerset House for having us here again. Although I have to say, self-styled radio insultant Jonathan Marks thinks it's too noisy here. What do you think? I think it's probably quietened down a bit now. Oh, there's a bike just gone past. (laughs) Anyway, perhaps the weather will uh, force us inside again next time where we'll have uh, more great radio production and more stories uh, from the world of radio promotions. If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like us to play your audio, then just send it in. Earshot at smartin.me is the email address. Earshot at smartin.me. That's in October. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For show notes, photos, links and details of how you can be part of the Earshot Creative Review, find us at earshotcreative.com.